welcome to Knights of Roleplay, an adventuring podcast. This is an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Royalty free music provided by Kevin MacLeod, Plate Mail Games, and Tabletop Audio. And now, to adventure. Hello and welcome. My name is Chris Buckner, and I am the primary dungeon master for Knights of Roleplay and Adventuring Podcast. This is the first actual play Dungeons and Dragons episode of our podcast. This campaign is based on the Spelljammer campaign setting from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons in 1989. The basic idea is that ships fly through wild space powered by a device called a Spelljamming Helm. This campaign is a mix of science fiction and Dungeons and Dragons and uses the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons rule set, with copious amounts of my own house rules, of course. Our adventure begins with each character on their way to the Rock of Brawl, a city built on an asteroid. Let's start the adventure by having each player share a little about the character they'll be playing. So, Sarah, why don't you, why don't you start? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, I will be playing a wild magic sorcerer named Janie. She does not have a gun. Yet. Okay. Cool. Cool. She is really quiet. She's got glowing amber eyes and purple hair. And she's quite eccentric. Okay. Cool. Uh, Are you good? Greg, you want to tell us a little bit about your character? Uh, sure. I will be playing a diva named Matisse Inokakovich, and her last name is unpronounceable, so that's kind of a given of what her name is. So, <laughs> so when someone refers to her, it's uh, Matisse Ino instead of the really long name. Okay. I imagine people will probably shorten it to Matisse, too, yeah. sometimes. But. Uh, she is haunted by her past, having lived a number of lifetimes. She has seen and experienced many things. Um, part of her past is the reason why she decided to take a chance on boarding the rock. Uh, she is bound by duty to another, and this was one of the reasons why she took a chance with um, going on the... Uh, going on the rock. So she followed her visions and that of the charge that she's with. Okay. Um, Matisse is tall and statuesque. She would be regal if it weren't for the many scars that blemish her blue skin. She might look like a lady, but she's no lady. <laughs> she would kick your ass in an instant, stopping only to make sure she didn't break a nail or her equipment. <laughs> She is a bit rough around the edges and very nonchalant about people and their place in her circle. She has taken a chance that the rock not only offers opportunity, but also allows her to break from the darkness that had encompassed her life until that fateful day that the light came. Greg took this intro thing very seriously. <laughs> Way to let the English major up show me. I'm a writer, so I have to write a name. And I'm shy. Um, 
John, you want to give me a little or a lot about your character? <laughs> well, probably not as much of that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, I will be playing a hobgoblin artificer named Strax. Um, strangely enough, see, Strax is an old hobgoblin, some 60 years old now, a bit curmudgeonly. Uh, 60, you said? 60, yes. Okay. He, he's, he's got the gray in hair and everything. You know, old, old guy. And <laughs> so they typically age like the same as humans? So typically, So 60 yeah. is kind of old? Okay. Yeah, 60 is kind of old, but not quite infirm yet. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and uh, strangely enough, he is... Yeah. Jolene? Jamie? Jeannie. 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 I don't even know your own sister. No, I don't know my own sister's name. (laughs) I keep wanting to call it Jolene. It's it's Janie. No, No, that's Kate's mom. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Too many J's in my life. All right. Continue. Um... Even the, so, there's it's strange, but there's a reason for that which may or may not come to light. So I'm just going to leave it at that for as a mystery. Sure, that sounds cool. Uh, so, but basically, he has. But what is pretty well known is that uh, he has come to the rock in basically pursuit of a job. He's broke, but he's pretty good at his, at blacksmithing. So he figured, hey. This is a good place to come make some money. Um, did you, Greg? Did you mention what your character's class was? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, Matisse is a paladin. Okay, <laughs> and and your character, John, is an artificer. Artificer. Okay. Uh, do you guys want to share your race, or do you want to keep that? Uh, oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Did you? And you mentioned Hobgoblin. Okay. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, the character that I am playing is Arvine Hakume. Uh, she is an Asimar, and she is going to eventually be a, a fighter rogue multi-class uh, as her character build progresses. Uh, so Arvine being an Asimar, it's a big part in her history because uh, they are beings who are touched by celestial influence they tend to have a a guide who provides them visions and dreams and this has driven her to flee the world that she grew up on to flee her family other things that the party probably won't know about at first um and eventually to encounter the the person who would become her traveling companion which is matisse so um Outwardly, Asimar appear to be human, and she definitely wears, you know, she's petite, five foot three, fairly small, kind of unassuming. She has a couple swords strapped to her hip. Um, she wears a heavy cloak and usually has it pulled pretty far over her head, but the one thing that seems kind of odd is if you get a glimpse of it, the hair that spills out from inside that cloak is this bright, metallic, shining blue. But otherwise, she pretty much looks like a human being. Okay, and Greg, your, your diva looks... Pretty much like a human being, also, right? They have blue skin, though. Oh, blue skin, that's yeah. right. Okay. And she's six to seven feet tall, she's so she's quite tall. We well, should, you should, you should, you should pick like a height, like pick like six two or six six or something. Uh, just. I will say she's. <coughs> I'll go for the tall size. She's seven feet tall. There okay. you go. That's cool. Seven foot tall woman. Tall that's pretty awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and our is five foot three. She's tiny. So the the pair of these people mm-hmm. traveling together, uh, and then to finish on background leading up to this point again this is something that's kind of out of game the rest of the characters won't know about this but being driven by visions 
she and Matisse have come to the Rock of Brawl because they were driven by a vision that she had to seek a specific person there. Okay. Gotcha. Well, this is going to be an interesting party. We got a plane touched, a mind touched, a spirit touched, and just an old curmudgeonly guy. <laughs> and oh, there's the on, only. You're totally touched. <laughs> In the head! Oh! Mm. Yeah. I'm also the only guy in the group. <laughs> That's true, you are. <laughs> but I'm 60 years old. So and one of us is your sister. Yeah. Water, water. Water. Hail Hydrate. I was about to say that. It's like we're already doing the, In the thing. thing. Yes. <laughs> okay, so let me give some more <clears throat> some more description here. So, as our story begins, you're all about to arrive on the Rock of Brawl, a merchant city of humans and other humanoids situated on an asteroid in wild space. The rock is approximately one mile long and half that in width and depth. It is the largest trade port in the known galaxy. A common saying on the rock is that gold can fix anything. There's plenty of work available and opportunities for financial gain abound. Among its residents are every race imaginable from the more common races of humans, dwarves, and elves to more exotic races such as beholders and mind flares. Races that would normally attack each other on sight instead pass each other on the streets without so much as noticing each other. Travelers new to the rock should hold tight to their purse strings. With so much money flowing through the city and the general lack of law and order, there are more than a few conmen, charlatans, and thieves. Each of you is traveling to the Rock of Brawl with the intention of joining the crew of a spelljamming ship. You are currently approaching the rock in a passenger ship owned by a company called the Sindiath Line. Three more passenger ships of the Sindiath Line are following close behind. This convoy of passenger ships is approaching the city along its gravity plane, which cuts horizontally across the center of the asteroid's mass, allowing you to see the floating city in profile. Above the gravity plane, the upper half of the rock has a sloped surface that is high on the right side and low on the left side from your current perspective. <clears throat> What's up with your phone, John? Sorry. Nothing. Phone's fine. Okay. All right. So let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. So the high side on the right is simply called High City, and the lower side on the left is made up of two areas one called Middle City, the other called Low City. Although it is unclear where the border is between the two. The space docks are on the far left side of Low City, right along the rock's gravity plane. The underside of the rock has two sections as well, with the citadel on the right and the naval base on the left. On the right side of the citadel are the veins, large structures that look like wings, constructed to allow a rudimentary form of steering if it were ever necessary to steer the rock through wild space. As your passenger ship pulls into space dock, your mind spins on all that has transpired to bring you here. You contemplate all the possibilities of where your future will soon take you as you depart from your passenger ship along with about a dozen other passengers 
made up of different races. You make your way up an incline of twisting stairs carved into the asteroid's rocky surface. As you climb the stairs, you can see behind you that the other passenger ships are docking. Right, music change here. Hold on. <clears throat> Just saying, looks like a sky, uh, sky, a hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. Okay. So, once at the top of the stairs, you step out onto Low Street and begin to take in the view of this most fantastic of environments. Around the perimeter of the Rock of Brawl itself, you see spell jamming ships flying through wild space. Some are on approach to the docks, while others are heading out into wild space. A hover sled zooms by, pulling a hover cart behind it. A hover wagon with about six passengers floats down a side street and out of view. You also see a number of more mundane sites, such as warehouses and street vendors selling ale and food. The citizens of the Rock of Brawl are commonly called Brawlians, and they are around you in great numbers as you take in the view. The Brawlians in the immediate area are made up of the most diverse assortment of races in the known galaxy. You see common races such as humans, elves, halflings, and gnomes. You also see a member of a feline-looking race known as a tabaxi, a member of an insectoid race known as a thrycreen, and a member of an ape-like race known as a hadozi. Not far from you is an ogre having an argument with a dwarf. The dwarf's hand suddenly moves to his hip to the holster of his laser pistol as he fires a laser blast at the ogre. The drawing and firing of the pistol was so fast you could barely see it. The ogre is hit in the chest. It looks at the wound in surprise, then smashes the dwarf on the head with a club about the same size as the dwarf. The dwarf stumbles a little bit, but stays on his feet. The two look at each other for a moment before laughing and heading to a street vendor to share some ale. <laughs> as the passengers from the other passenger ships reach the top of the stairs and file out onto Low Street, you can't help but notice that they are all wearing cloaks. <coughs> <coughs> There are maybe three or four dozen of these cloaked figures. The cloaks hang in such a way as to indicate that the wearer is not your typical humanoid. Following the cloak down from the back of the head, the back part of the cloak seems to cover a large rear section of the wearer's body. Sorry. Rear section. <laughs> padonk, padonk. <laughs> There's junk in their trunk? There is. <laughs> <laughs> The cloaked figures seem to draw the attention of the Brawlians in the area, who all seem to be eyeing them cautiously. Many of the Brawlians move their hands to the hilts of their swords and axes and to the handles of their black powder and laser weapons. The cloaked figures seem to notice that they are being watched. Everyone in the area stops moving and the street goes quiet. There are a few seconds of silent tension before one of the cloaked figures throws its cloak off revealing itself to be a member of a warmongering race called the Niyogi. It shouts in common, For the Niyogi Empire! Kill these brawling scum! The other cloaked figures drop their cloaks, revealing themselves to be Niyogi. In response, the dozens of Brawlians in the area draw weapons from not only their sheaths, scabbards, holsters, but from behind crates and from inside wagons and carts. A battle breaks out on the street. Roll initiative. 
right. Seems we've uh, come at a rather interesting time. Sci-fi shootout music. <laughs> okay. So initiative for my dudes. Okay, that's not great. All right. All right, so... She's following the cat. All right, don't Janie, go, don't go chasing me after the cat. 13. 13 for Janie. How do you spell your, li- your name? J-A-I-N-E-Y. Okay. And uh, Matisse. Four. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Matisse was distracted. The paladin and was too busy praying. Distracts. <laughs> I sigh heavily, take a moment to take off my backpack and pull out my halberd and say, I got a two. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> the squishy sorcerer rolled high. <laughs> Arvine. 22. 22. Okay. My guys are on... Six. Okay. So, setting up the initiative board here. So, somewhere around next to each other over here somewhere. And uh, actually, hold on one second. Let me put the let me put the board out. No, I will describe what is happening for the listeners as we go. Well, I don't know if that one's <laughs> solid enough to use her. I think as long as you don't smash it. Yeah, as long as you don't like knock them over. If somebody goes unconscious or something, they should be fine. As long as I don't smash the whole battlefield, things will be fine. All right. You know, so that's words, Matisse. It's not be fine. <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Matisse. But you're probably right. So what you're saying is... <laughs> yours, Rogers. Yeah. Yours is the most durable. Mine is the one that has the highest chance of breaking because she's pretty top-heavy. Oh, they're little ant things. <laughs> okay. Kate's top-heavy? <laughs> <laughs> no... Um, so use this yeah where would you like to be on the board uh I would probably be somewhere okay. near her do you want us all kind of in the gaggle yeah I would say uh, put your put yourselves in those last in that last panel in that last yeah, dungeon tile okay. yeah in those three rows in the dungeon tile sure mm-hmm. in the first three rows okay there we go. no just just somewhere in that dungeon somewhere tile somewhere in that tile yeah okay. Sorry. Uh, Squirrel. I guess move me closer. To, yeah. Oh, I'll be hiding behind you. Yeah, hiding, hiding right behind me. Okay. Yeah, I know. 
There you go. That can be next year. <laughs> How do you spell Matisse, Greg? Uh, M-A-T-T-E-I-C-E. Say that five times fast. It's like Matt Ice. <clears throat> okay. Matt Ice. Initiative order. Here we Places go. we've been before this have not been this exciting. I think I'm going to like this place. <laughs> Seems very filthy to me. What? You nervous? Ah, uh, you'll be fine. Tease, What's with the non talking one? Don't judge before you know. Just light him up. Okay, so. Uh, initiative order here. We have uh, Arvine at the top, then we have Janie, then the Niyogi, then Matisse, and then Strax. So starting the top around one. So, Arvine, you are up for round one of combat. Okay. All right. Um, she's got 30, huh? <coughs> All right, so she is going to close on this guy here. Okay, we'll call that guy A because we use letters to indicate these guys. She is going to draw one of her uh, wakazashi. They're very uh, similar to a short sword, but slightly different style. She's got two of them. Reskin the short sword then. Yep, basically. I love how you can customize that. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is going to take a swing at this guy. So you're attacking with a wakazashi. Gotcha. She is going to hit for AC. uh, Let's see here. Math. AC 23. That'll hit. Uh, She is going to hit for 7. Slashing, whatever those do. Uh, Wakazashi. Yeah. Piercing. It's a short sword. Short sword. Piercing. What do I know? Okay. Shut up, John. Um, What was the damage again, Kate? It's going to be seven. Seven damage. That's on A. Yep. How much did she hit for? Seven. Seven. Oh, the AC, I hit oh. AC 23. Excessive. Okay, so right you, you, you run up with your wakazashi and you slash it right through the belly and it dies. So you can take... Oh, it says foul monsters. Miyogi A off the battlefield. Squares please. off against the rest. There's your stuff. She's pretty good. I think I'll take her on. (laughs) (laughs) Just a brawl, right? She turns her head to you and raises an eyebrow (laughs) quizzically. (laughs) Anything else, Arvine? I don't think I have anything good to do with bonus action right now. Nah. She's done because she can't drop both weapons because she doesn't have dual wielding yet. Okay, so then it is Janie. Our wild mage sorcerer. <laughs> Janie's going to stay right where she is. Okay. And she's going to cast Ray of Frost. Ray of Frost. Ray of Frost. Okay. On, on that guy. All right, we'll call that one B. 
Pew pew. <laughs> Hear a tinkle of like icy sound instead of the usual <laughs> laser. <said> tinkle. <laughs> AC 18. 18 what? That'll be for six. Six frost. Six on B. And does that uh, slow its movement? Yes, its speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of my next turn. <laughs> She's supposed to be quiet. <laughs> they moved away. Oh. <laughs> you may have to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. Okay, so you shoot out this ray of cold energy and it seems to get frost and ice all over it. And it has a hard time moving. It's very, it's very slow. It's also bloodied with that hit. Yeah. Sorry, you are about to say it got its frost up what? I'm sorry, what? Never mind. Frost went where? <laughs> so he's bloodied, so for the listeners, that means they're at uh, less than half their hit points. So then it is the Neogi, and since that one, since B is slowed by ice, it's just going to move right over to uh, Arvine. Great. There? <laughs> yep. Uh, so these, no so these charge ahead. Neogis are very, again, they're sort of insectoid-like. They have um, eight legs. That they, they very much like a spider, actually. Uh, and they're going to try to bite Arvine. So here we go. Yeah. Kind of like a... If you take a scorpion and turn it around backwards and put its head on its tail. <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah. It's got a head <laughs> on <right>. its ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be AC5. Probably going to miss. Okay, let's see. What's their speed? Their speed is 20. She's going to get swarmed. She is going to get swarmed. She She wouldn't be deterred, though, by that. Uh, So move uh, 5, 10, 15, 20. The guy over here can go where the the B marker is. Thanks, sir. B for butt. Whatever. You want to mark them with a C, sir? C for cat. C. 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 That one gets AC 12 on Arvine? Miss. Miss. Yeah. Okay. Then yep. the one in the middle is going to move up there. Okay. Call that one D. D. He's got the D. AC 17. That will hit. That is for five piercing damage from the bite. Ouch. <laughs> Okay, and then 5, 10, 5, 10, 15, 20. Okay, the one, in the, the one way in the back is going to double move up there, so it's not going to get an attack. Yeah, and then the other one will move next to that one, and it will get an attack. And that guy has flanking, so he's going to attack with advantage. Ooh, natural 20. Uh-oh. Ouch. All right. Critical, critical. I need more dice. These early criticals can be devastating. Medic. Medic. <laughs> so that is six damage. All right. She's bloody. She is bloody. Still standing. Oh, I need to get bloody markers. Okay, hold on. I'll be right back. <clears throat> Talk amongst yourselves. It really is completely in her nature just to run up like that. She would not be deterred. It wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. 
Would I even be able to get up there? I don't know. What's your speed? 30. Yes. Okay. <laughs> She's like, help, please. So, your character is a mix of eccentric little girl and uh, beaker. Beaker. (laughs) 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 We'll see how that evolves. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) No, perk to perk. Okay, so that is the Neogi's turn. So right now we have Arvine surrounded by five, five of the Neogi. You so didn't a- attack Bargain. those guys. She's letters. looking pretty rough. What in Bargrivdix name possessed you to just go running into a whole horde of them? Stupid girl. Not you, her. All right, Matisse. I'm going to move up to... It's not like you would do that. (laughs) Move up to close to Monster C. Fine, I'll help her. And I will attack. Okay, so the Paladin is moving up to Neogi C. And you are using a laser sword, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Attack with your laser sword. Thank you. Laser sword. This, this is a custom a custom item that I made up. It's going to be eleven to hit. Eleven to hit. Uh, you swing the laser sword, but it's a little bit too dexterous for you, and it moves out of the way. You rolled an eight. Yes. Oh, wait, it's plus five. Yeah, wait a minute. Hang on. Yeah, that's 13 to hit. 13 to hit. Uh, 13 hits. There we go. Apparently it was not as dexterous. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to be for six damage. Six damage, and this is on C. 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 Uh, That will bloody C. All right. Uh, and then it is Strax. Strax. Uh, better not regret this. <laughs> I'll keep up. You can't move through the fountain, so. Oh, that's a fountain. Yep. Yes, that big fountain is a fountain. That big fountain is a fountain. Okay. <laughs> so the fountain Sorry, is sometimes a it's fountain. just a, Sometimes it's just a pretty. All right. Well, in that case... I'll go here, but rather than your focusing, what I am going to do is I will. Let's see. Actually, is sanctuary touch range? Thought I straightened it. Yeah, thirty foot. Okay. I got knocked again. Oh, that might have been me. Sorry. Stop knocking my staff. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to knock you up. Uh, whoa. 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 <laughs> That's a whole different campaign. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're my sister. I forgot. Yeah. 
Gross. I got that. No one else realized that. <laughs> the light bulb appeared. <laughs> oh. That just made it even better. Okay. So or worse. <laughs> or awesome. It's the wine. I'm blaming it on the wine. Oh, because Kate got he's, you drunk. He's red. Yeah. He is red. Right yeah. Now. But he's drinking white wine. Uh-huh. Oh, red. and root beer. Sugar. <laughs> anyway, what I'm going to do is, okay, so first I'm going to cast Sanctuary on her for a bonus action. Uh, so the Hobgoblin Artificer is casting Sanctuary on the Wild Mage Sorcerer. Uh, got it. Yep. Uh, which, uh, and if anyone tries to, anyone targets her, uh, they have to make a DC 14 wisdom save or choose a new target. Or choose a new target. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just, and now I'll. Take out my light crossbow and shoot C. C. So, where is that? No, there we go. Okay. So, it's not my best weapon, but I'm trying to focus damage here a little bit. You guys are all buying, like, giant dice, and I'm buying small little dice. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody awesome gave you those little dice. That's true. Oh, well, he's not not very good with their light crossbow. AC 10. Those are D4s, not T6s. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> AC10. AC10. Uh, it bounces off. It's, uh, it's, it's thick hide. doesn't quite get through. Oh, well. Fireball. Yes. D6s are fireballs. I'm going to have to get me one of those blaster thingies, whatever they're. Laser sword? <laughs> no, 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 no. The pew pew. pew, pew. Yes, pew, pew. those. <laughs> All right, so are you done, Strax? Yeah, Strax is done. Okay, so we're going back up to the top of the round. <laughs> hey, put, put Sanctuary on you. What more do you want? Stop complaining. All right, we're going to the top of the round, and we have uh, Neogis B, C, D, E, and F, and B and C are bloodied, and they're still surrounding Arvine, but we have some more people up there in the middle of the fight now. So let's start back at the top again uh-huh. with Arvine. All right, so... Let's see here. Irvine's pretty hurt, so she is going to kind of give kind of a yell of rage at one of the bloody ones, I think, C. Uh, she is actually going to use an action point to make a single weapon attack on that guy. Um, action point, again, yeah. a custom rule. Which is single weapon attack, it, it two-handed. If she's a dual fighter, she wouldn't get to do the second attack, It's right? It's a, it's a, it's worded specifically yeah. to say okay. a single weapon attack. Roger. It is okay. never ever more than a single okay. weapon She's going to draw her second short sword with her flourish, but she is going to attack with just the one. Uh, so she's going to swing on. Just to be very clear on the matter. Right. <laughs> yes, because I've repeated myself many times okay. with this during the playtests. So <laughs> it is a single is melee attack. going to hit the uh, C for AC 21. 21 will definitely hit. For 8. Mm-hmm. For eight damage, and this is uh, possibly overkill on C. On C, yep. you slash right through it and cut what you think is its head right off. Okay, so <laughs> then with her normal action, she is going to disengage. Well, what happens if I have polearm master? Do I get to and use the action point? Do I get my butt end attack in? Single weapon, weapon 
attack. Oh, oh, what if I have great weapon master and I kill my target? John, stop Johnny. Do, do I get my bonus attack? John. Your, your character dies. Stop oh, Johnny. Darn it. So she no. goes back to there. She takes her blood with her. And then she is going to use her bonus action to second wind and heal for 1d10 plus 1 hit point. And uh, the moving away was... Disengage. Oh, you disengage. Normal movement. That's why I burned the action point to make the attack. Okay. Yep. I gotcha. So, please roll good. Please roll good. Not disembowel. Disengage. <laughs> Yay, Max. She heals to. Let's see here. That would be eleven. Yep, to Max. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, what was that? You touched. <laughs> No, that's she second herself. It's fighter regeneration. Oh, oh, okay. All fighters have second one. Oh, oh, that's right. Fighters get that at start first. Yeah. first so yeah. we're not thinking to get that a second level. What do I know? So you're going to go into rogue later. Right now you're, you're a fighter. Yeah. yeah, for now she's a fighter. Because the beat you're going to take later. Mm. <clears throat> what, you swap? Multi. Okay, Janie, Janie, no. you're up for round two. She's fighter for probably the first six levels. Oh, oh, I misunderstood. Misunder- I'm, okay, I misunderstood the statement. Janie's going to stay um, <laughs> wherever she is. Okay. The way you phrase it, it sounded like you can just and, uh, switch back and forth. Another cold beam shoots from her hand straight at B. Straight at B, straight okay. Straight at B. Straight at B. Uh, Reroll the fell out. AC 17. 17 will hit. Well, for eight. For eight. <laughs> you oh, totally no. destroyed it. Okay. Turns into Ice, a bugsicle. Icicles uh, impale a bugsicle. <laughs> yeah. It was rare frost again, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it just shatters into nice. a bunch of pieces. Good work, sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a little bit disturbing. <laughs> okay, so now we have uh, letters D, E, and F that are still out there for enemies. Uh, and we are on the turn of the Neogi. She bounces and giggles a little. Happily. <laughs> okay, let's send uh, let's send Neogi F and Neogi E over to the Hobgoblin, and D will go over to the Paladin. Bring it. All right, Paladin. So you're wearing, um, using a shield? Yes. Using a shield, and what are you wearing for armor? Chainmail. Okay. Chainmail, shield, and laser sword. Yes. Got it. D is going to try to bite you. Like I said, bring it. Another one bites Paladin. AC 12. That will miss. You interpose your shield, and it doesn't quite get to you. So let's see. Hobgoblin. AC 19 on the Hobgoblin. That's it. For five piercing damage. Hobby's bloody. Hobby is bloodied. One more bite. That's a natural one. Okay. <laughs> Matisse, your turn. You're, You're fighting weak. Neogi D. I'm going to wail up on him and attack him. <laughs> wail up on him, brother. Wail up on him. Wail up on him. I mean, sister. Well upon it. That's going to be for 13 to hit. 13 will hit. And that will be for 5. For 5. Okay, you bring it down and you cut off one of its eight legs. It is blade. 
so there is there is a basically there's there's there's, there's this giant battle going on around where you guys are. So, so these are just the ones that ended up. On. Yeah, there there are all kinds of neogi all over the place, and there are brawlians everywhere, shooting. Brawlians brawling. Brawlians are brawling. Yep. I am going. I don't like bugs. I am going to actually. Don't let's squish them. Use, <laughs> I'm going to use my action point. You're going to use your action point? Okay. To what would you like to do? Uh, do another attack. Single weapon attack. Got it. But what, but what if he... <laughs> How's your sphincter feeling? Single sphincter attack. Because <laughs> it's looking pretty tight from here. <laughs> yeah, I think I squeezed out a little nugget. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> that is going to be for AC Moore. AC Moore will hit, <laughs> and that will be for ten. Nice. Ten. Your laser sword cuts it right up the middle, That's awesome. and it dies. And it dies. Good job. Don't mess with me. <laughs> All right, that was Matisse. So now we are on Strax. Strax. <clears throat> Uh, Strax so will figure out the bonus action thing, cast so. Sanctuary on himself. It's non-concentration. Their non-concentration just lasts for a minute. Okay, cool. Um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, that's great. Then I will... Where's the thingy? There's the thingy. I will halberd F. Okay, you attack F with your halberd. Got halberd it. F. <laughs> a... F and halberd. First I cast Sanctuary, then I cast Halberd. Halberd, Thanks. 13. AC, 18. AC, 18 will definitely hit. For 12. 12. You cleave that guy in half. And or I will... In half. Which one? F. 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 And I will action point. Action repeat point. Repeat on E. Single so, weapon attack. Imagine repeat. <laughs> <laughs> repeat was a lot of fun. Stop that. Uh, terrible. AC 21. Uh, 21, definitely. Or 12. Or 12. You slice off like four of its Ooh. legs and it bleeds to death and dies. <laughs> <laughs> well done, <laughs> Goblin. Well done. <laughs> all right. Daddy. Take all the markers here, and that's all. That's all of the bad guys, so See, combat girl, is over. Don't go charging without actually knowing what you're doing first. Don't talk <laughs> to her. Uh, none of my business if she wants to run off and get herself killed. You're right. It's none of your business. I've turned into a Western now. <laughs> <laughs> Always go southern, John. Always go Always there, go John. <laughs> Matisse goes over to Arvine and asks her, is she okay? Are you okay, child? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for the backup. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> okay. Just going to get myself together here, get back to my story pages here. Just give me a minute. Mm-mm. Oh, sorry. That's probably uh, it's copyrighted. Sarah. Copyright. <laughs> Fair, Fair use. Fair <laughs> use. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Still wasn't healed. 
I forgot to do this, but I did, I'll give this to you now. I'm, I'm giving Kate's character a note. I'll let you read that before I continue. Well, that was that was a nice bit of exercise after that boat ride. I'm gonna go see if we can find the guild hall. You always, yeah, all right. It's always better to have calisthenics when you're pent up in a little small space. Oh. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I recognize any other people or just the one? Uh, just the one. Right, it's right. it's what you saw in your vision. Okay. All right. So I, I nudge Matisse and point towards. Um, there's this like hippopotamus-looking being that's nearby the fight, and I say, "This is the person I think we're looking for," and just kind of start to pull you aside. Okay. Okay. So as as the battle is over, as the battle is over, um, the bodies of the Niyogi litter the streets along with a few unfortunate Brawlians who didn't survive the chaos. During the battle, you all witnessed a hippopotamus-like creature, humanoid, firing a weapon called a blunderbuss. Uh, the creature is um, from a race called GIF, spelled G-I-F-F. Uh, the GIF shouts to everyone, My name is Captain Braun of the ship The Star Runner. I need crew members. Are any of you interested in possibly joining my crew? Uh, please gather around me so we may discuss the matter if you're interested. Do, so, I, do any of you I say yes. approach him? I quietly turn to Matisse and say, yep, he's the one. And then we start to walk that way. So that's just what you guys would see. It's kind of a quiet exchange. Mm. I give basically the Puss in Boots look to my brother. Well, you want to work in it? Well, I suppose we could work on our ship. and would know how to do it. That was supposed to be the intent of all your characters coming here, John. I know. <laughs> <laughs> let, me pl- let me work it out in character. A little bit of tension there, buddy. Yes. What's the puss in boots look? <sighs> okay. The big well, uh, we probably don't even take a picture of that and post it on the website so people know what you're doing. <laughs> 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 we probably don't even have enough money for the guild fees yet anyway, I suppose. I've never seen Space Brother. Okay. All right. So you all. So so you guys are approaching. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As long as he pays. Arvine kind of gives a friendly smile over her shoulder when she hears her say that she hasn't seen space before. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you so you approach, and uh, he says, uh, um, "You all fought well against the Niyogi. I could use individuals like you." On my crew. We mostly conduct um, missions involving transporting goods from planet to planet, along with the occasional salvage mission. We split our profits equally, and lately we've had a steady flow of work. During our recent salvage mission, uh, we encountered a group of space pirates, and we lost some of our crew. We need crew members... Who can handle themselves in a fight? This would also enable us to take on missions that might be um, a little more dangerous, but offer a much bigger reward. If you would like to join my crew, I could send you on some missions here on the rock and see how you do. If all goes well, uh, you would be welcome to 
join my crew. Are any of you interested in this proposal? And you notice that there's no other people that took him up on the offer. It's, it's just the four of you. I think this sounds like a fine idea. Yeah. Well, a little, a little danger was ne- never been a problem, but uh, tell me, you pay extra for a uh, um, sh- for a ship, right? Do some on do some uh, onboard ship repairs. Uh, well, we'll we'll see how it goes. If you get on the crew, we can talk about it. Mm. Special skills can definitely okay. fetch a higher price mm. for crew. Mm. All right. Well, we can discuss rates. Yeah, sure. When I come back, does <laughs> anybody else have any questions before he continues? And he looks at Janie. She's just like playing with little bits of fire in her fingers. <laughs> okay. Did you roll wild surges for this? <laughs> for the rare frost, did you roll wild surges? Was I supposed to? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Even cantrips. You didn't tell me to. I, I, that's because we already established that you would do it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remind me of these things. I'm a space cadet. <laughs> Get <Hello>. it? <laughs> uh, now there's ogres. <laughs> One. <laughs> um... That's a surge. It, it is a surge. I mean, it's it's after combat, but why don't you roll on the chart and we'll see if we can apply it retroactively. <laughs> we'll Delayed <see>. effect. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm getting out of the way. Uh-oh. <laughs> she, blo- she blows. You guys well, don't know was, what I do. Like way right, back your character there. has she no idea. She was far away from us, so hopefully if it's destructive. You guys need to pretend like you don't have no yeah. knowledge whatsoever of mm-hmm. the people that you're not with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she was back in the back of the fight. We were I, up on the... I cast fly on a random creature within 60 feet of me. Uh, okay, R- roll randomly for these three. What about the captain? No, he wasn't close He enough. wasn't there. Oh, okay. Okay, wait. We'll do a six. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, so, Arvind, it's it's... Right at this point that you happen to, you didn't really even notice it until now, but your feet actually aren't touching the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Arvine's kind of hovering there and like Mm -hmm. seems to think that this Mm -hmm. is interesting, but it also seems like she's at ease with it. Like she might have experienced Mm -hmm. something similar before. Okay. Yeah. I probably don't even notice. I'm sorry. (laughs) Arvine gives a thumbs up anyway. (laughs) Why don't you roll the for the second casting. <laughs> we'll see if we can apply it retroactively. Ten. Ten. Okay. We didn't decide what the number range yeah, was we did. for... In- well, we- yeah, we did. I asked you and you said one to four. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't even remember what I did three hours ago. <laughs> okay, so, just, okay, so the so second one didn't go off. The second one didn't go off. But, but, but anytime you cast any spell, cantrip okay. or otherwise, okay, on a one, two, or four. How long does fly last? What about three? It's like a minute, maybe, or it just says you cast fly, so I have to look it up. Yeah, you have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So, so while you're looking that up, it's um, probably one minute. <clears throat> so could be eight hours. <laughs> uh, Arvine notices that the grumpy hobgoblin is hurt and asks, "Are you in need of healing?" Please, my brother. Yeah. Yeah. It'll heal. Okay. She kind of looks heavily at Matisse. <laughs> I suppose we can help them, even though they don't seem to appreciate the ability that you have. 
Awesome. Look, do you have lay on hands? I do. Yeah, so my one point of healing versus your lay on hands is... I go over healing. and put my hand on it's the injury. It's concentration up to ten minutes. I <laughs> slap your hand away. Sweet. Wait, what is, just, what's your problem, girl? I'm trying to help you, idiot. <clears throat> what did you call me? She's not going to hurt you. I won't hurt you. Just stay still. You, right, you so trying to start something, girl? You don't want to mess with me. <laughs> Janie gets in between them and, and looks up at her brother like, Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do I have to roll? She for? started it. Lay on hands. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> lucky she's here. Oh, okay. I Not too many people get away with insulting me like that. Right, so... <laughs> I give you five hit points. Hmm. Not gonna thank you for it, Greg. Does your does Matisse have any sort of um, any sort of god that that she reveres? Or um, you don't necessarily have to have one. I'm just I'm just curious if if, if that I think was there's something, but stuff. we really she yeah. hasn't talked about it. Okay, that's fine. That's, yeah, she that's probably fine. wouldn't share with her. It's the same as my guide. <laughs> that's fine. So, I mean, some, some divine energy washes out of, of Matisse's hand and heals you. So, mm-hmm. Janie stomps her foot and crosses her arms when you say that you're not going to say you're thankful. She did it on her own. I didn't ask her to do it. You see little flames of fire starting to form in her fingertips. These two. We've encountered worse. This is true. Thanks, I guess. She glomps him. (laughs) To glomp means to unexpectedly hug with force. <laughs> For those that don't know. Okay. <laughs> I love it. All right, so Captain Braun brings you further down the docks to his ship. It is a galleon, a typical sailing ship made by humans. But like all spell jamming ships, somewhere inside of it lies a spell jamming helm, the magical device that allows the ship to fly through wild space. The ship has three masts, all of which have sails on them, as the ship is still capable of sailing on the sea. He says, yep, there she is, the Star Runner. She's a good ship. She always brings us home. Can I make, I'd like to do an assess, a visual assessment of the ship, either its condition or kind of its magical thing. I figured my, I have skills in carpentry and metalworking and, of course, um, uh, uh, Arcana. So I don't know if you can. Uh, um, does it look? Does it look like beat down, ratty thing, or does it actually look like a decent ship? <laughs> Why don't you make a perception check? We'll start with that. Just general perception. Yeah. Okay. General Just perception, perception tells me fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Um, you're still a little distance from it, but as you're getting closer to it, you know it, it looks pretty. Intact. It seems pretty taken care of. Mm. You know, I mean, it doesn't look um, like it's really been beat up. I mean, you do see a little bit of bowel damage from it here and there, but their actually crew members are already working on the repairs. Okay. 
It's nothing that you wouldn't expect. I mean, it looks like a pretty a pretty sturdy ship. Okay. Yep. So so far, the captain isn't blowing hot air. No, he does not seem to be. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he he brings you on the main deck of the ship, where crew members are attending to a variety of tasks. He calls out to one crew member in particular, using the name Ruffian. A creature from a race called Warforged approaches your group. It is a constructed being made of a combination of metal and wood. Captain Braun explains that Ruffian is a druid and has a small amount of healing and nature magic that might help you on your mission. Uh, With a simple nod, Ruffian accepts his captain's orders. Braun says, Ruffian doesn't talk, but he's um, reliable and cool under fire. Ron then gives you directions to um, um, a place called the Rampant Lion, which is basically part of the mission that he wants to give you because it is the last known location of his crew member, Zed. And Zed is a member of the Aarakocra race, which is a bird-like race. And he tells you that he would like you to try to find where Zed is, and if something unfortunate has happened to Zed, that if you can bring back some sort of proof that dead. that Ruffian can um, confirm, mm-hmm. um, then he will still pay you. Uh, he'll still pay you, and you know, basically give you more missions, and you can still try to get um, to become members of the crew. Try to get with that. Okay. Yeah. So he gives you. So he gives you the location. Of, of the rampant lion, and uh, he also gives you directions to the laughing beholder. Uh, but both of these are, are taverns, uh, which also have like inns attached to them. Uh, and he says, um, uh, "You can get a lot of useful information from the beholder tavern keeper that goes by the name of Luigi." <laughs> Mario. Oh, you just, uh, you, you just wait. <laughs> um, so, Bron recommends getting rooms at the Laughing Beholder before you proceed with your mission. Um, Bron says, do you have any uh, questions before I send you on your way? Make it quick. I um, have a lot to do. Well, if you're wanting us to get uh, rooms over at this Laughing Beholder, yes. well, Fred, uh, can't speak for the others, but probably none of us came here with much more than what we have on our back. We're probably going to need a little something to uh, pay for the rooms, you know. It's uh, not one of the more expensive uh, taverns that are here. Mm. I'm sure you must have something with you. It'll be sufficient for at least a night's work. It's uh, a night's day, excuse me. Sounds <coughs> like he says it's a shithole. <laughs> no. No, it, it is not. The Rampant Lion? Eh, maybe so. You see, the Rampant Lion, Zed said that she was going to be staying there, um, but people have a tendency to go missing from the Rampant Lion. We uh, tried to caution her, but she wouldn't listen, and now she has disappeared. But the Laughing Beholder, that is a little more popular, a little more... uh, I won't say high-end, but it's not in the dumps like the Rampant Lion. Poof. 
Poof? She go poof? Mm, yeah. Hmm. Is there anything else? You don't have any idea what it is that happens to these people who disappear. You think we, we just need to research that elsewhere? I have absolutely no idea. It just has a reputation. Okay. Just filling in some of my notes. Okay. What's the matter, John? Just filling in some of my notes. Uh, <coughs> what did... So, well, if we're going to find this Zed, we need to know what she looks like. She's an Aarakocra. She She's looks like bird. an Aarakocra. A bird. A bird. A big. Okay, well, look for giant birds. <laughs> Thank you. She does. She does wield. Uh, she wields a cutlass and uses a laser pistol. Cutlass and laser pistol. Okay. Mm-hmm. No distinguishing plumage or anything. No. Uh, she has uh, some blue feathers on her shoulders. I think. I, I think that's a start. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and a little bit. A little bit in between her eyes, just above the beak as well. Mm. All right. I think that's all I have. Anybody else? I think I'm good. No? All right. So, well, hopefully Mm. we'll be back with good news, but we'll figure it out no matter what. Well, good luck to you. And so he he motions to where um, the loading plank is and then goes into his cabin. Before he goes, he says to Ruffian, Take good care of them, Ruffian. He just kind of nods. <laughs> All, right. All right. We lost a Sarah. We lost a Sarah. I'll be right back. Keep going. Are you pooping? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's taking a poop break. <laughs> poop break. <laughs> we are classy. classy. <laughs> yes. Hey, man. You gotta go, you gotta go. It's fine. GM is the most classy of all of us. Yeah, I'm not gonna... uh, Unlike the playtest, I'm not gonna put my butt next to the mic and fart on it. You're not? No. Because when I sit back down, the fart is in my face. That was funny, though. It was not funny when I sat down and it was in my face. Yeah, it was. That was hilarious. (laughs) Hopefully my Matisse voice is not too low. I'm trying to figure out where the pitch should be. You just gotta be closer to the mic. It's fine. Yeah, don't talk from back there. Yeah. No. <laughs> and that's the end of New Frontiers Part 1, our first actual play D&D adventure for our campaign Spacefarers. Stay tuned for Part 2 of the first adventure coming soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review anywhere this podcast can be found. Please tell your friends about Knights of Roleplay and spread the word through social media. We can be found on Twitter at Knights of RP and on Facebook and Instagram at Knights of Roleplay and on our website at knightsofroleplay.com. Your help and support are greatly appreciated. <laughs>